Hi everybody, Happy New Year and welcome back. We missed you on Niche Radio, so it's awesome to be back in the saddle. And we have a fabulous lineup for you with loads and loads of new people coming on board. But in the meantime, you're listening to Big Mama. And I had the privilege this morning of having a long chat to Michael, Michael DePinner. He of the Vodacom adverts. Do you remember the guy in the leopard print jocks? Well, that's him. And he's still around and still as funny as ever. And I had a really nice conversation with him. So stay tuned and keep listening. What are you doing these days? What am I doing these days? Well, I've always been a performer. And, you know, um, a performer I will probably die to do. Um, this year I had to take out because I was sick. I had a back operation, a collapsed lumbar, a hip operation. And that took care of the year. That sounds like a shopping list. Well, a shopping list. You know, when you start out to have a hip hop, which is a replacement. I thought there was a dance. <laughs> so did I. Um, they don't tell you that it can, if you've got a bad lumbar region, can affect that. Which it did. So the lumbar collapsed, and then a few weeks later I came home after that ho- uh, hospital, and then I landed up having a fall here. Mm. So um, then I had to go back to hospital, and they found there was a nasty disc sitting at T10, which they took out, and that was a huge, huge operation, which threatened paralysis and gosh knows what else. But I survived. Uh, in the midst of that, I decided to sell my house. So a whole whammy year of whammies. You know, they say death and taxes. Yeah, no, that's a big year. It's a big year. And I'm moving in three weeks' time into my new home. And it's going to be onwards and upwards. And in May, at the Theatre on the Square, I'm doing a show with Annabelle Linda, Keith Smith, and I. When I think about just five weeks ago, I had to be helped onto the stage and off. I couldn't stand up by myself and sing, but now I can. So it's going to be quite a challenge to see how I adapt. But I noticed the other night there was a Frank Sinatra tribute to his 100th birthday. Oh, yeah. And they had all these My wonderful daddy's singers. My daddy's favorite. Mine too. And um, they had all these wonderful singers there singing tributes to Frank. And I decided to get up and let rip. So me and a bottle of scotch. And I found out there's absolutely nothing wrong with my voice. And so I'm really looking forward. Most people can sing after a bottle of scotch. Well, I started before, so I did have a little preamble in. (laughs) And I didn't drink the entire bottle, contrary to pubic belief. I only had, shall I say, maybe three three whiskeys. But I was feeling on top of the world. And Lady Gaga and I sang the SH1 tea out of New York, New York at the end. <laughs> oh, as one does, yes. What's your favourite scotch of choice? Oh, gosh. Um, I drink Valentine's now. It's quite a nice medium mix whiskey. Yeah. Um, I'm a Jamison's fan, personally. Jamison's is, is the Irish in you. Oh, yes. Irish I like a bit of Irish in me every now and then. Yes, well, we won't go there. Um, Why not? It's an adult show. If you go across the sea to Ireland, you're bloody mad. <laughs> what did they say? The petrol bomb went off in a pub in Ireland where they drank it all up before it could go off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What else do you want to know about me? Oh, everything. I want to know everything. How's your love life? No, we don't have a love life anymore. I don't know why. Maybe this year, but I haven't had for a long time. I've been busy running a guest house, looking after uh, animals and people, yourself, getting mugged, getting mugged, doing shows, got a radio show, as you know, with Carolyn Stain on radio today. When did that kick off again? Last year we had the um, tongue-in-cheek show that was on uh, SABC2. We don't know whether that's going to pick up again. Radio picks up again on the 18th of this month. We go back. 
It's, uh, have you got a lineup yet? Um, yeah, we get we have a publicist and she organises who's who's coming on in in town, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I don't know who the new one's going to be. Is it still called Whispers? It's still called Whispers. And sometimes when I say welcome to Whispers, and I don't know why, it just pops out. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's me, the mental me part of me. But um, yeah, however, how long have I lived in South Africa? I've lived here since I was two years old. Where did you come from? Yeah, London. My father was in the hotel business. My oh, mother yeah? was in show business, yeah. And we came to South Africa. And then we lived here for many years, and then I went back to live in England in the 1970s, where I remained for a number of years. And then I came back to South Africa, because my mother and father had split up by that stage. And my mom got cancer when she got back to South Africa, so I followed a few years later, and then took care of her until her death in 1981. Then I stayed... Good son. Good son, me. Stayed here in South Africa... Got involved in many shows. Did some wonderful, wonderful shows. I've been, I've been Daddy Warbucks and Annie twice. I was in the original Annie, not as Warbucks, the one with Joan Brickhill. That was in 1979. Do you know that I saw that? There was, mm. there was like at the Civic or something. It what? Uh, I remember sitting on the stairs waiting for my dad to come and fetch us. It was His Majesty. Was it His Majesty's? Yeah. I actually saw that. He, we, it was one of the first shows. Mm. My friend and I got dropped there, and my daddy came to fetch us afterwards. Mm, we were gosh. little people. But I wasn't. I mean, people like um, Ashley Sendon, who was one of the Annies, used to sit on my lap. And, of course, Claire Johnston, who became part of Mango Groove. She was one of the children in Annie. Uh, oh, so many famous people were in Annie at one stage or another. Uh, and then, of course, the years rolled by, and I spent 10 years of my life rocking around on ships, being an entertainer, cruise director, entertainment director in varying shapes and forms. And that was interesting. And, uh, of course, I became Yebo Gogo, as you know. Which was oh, absolutely. The man in the cheetah leotard. Leopard, leopard leotard. Leopard skin. And uh, everybody asked me, oh, where are your brooks? And I said, well, they're in the cupboard. And if you want to see the original ones, they've got a hole. But I tried to swim in them the other day, and all the elastic's gone. So they stayed at the bottom of the pool, and I swam out. <laughs> I want to know how many leopards had to die for those. Oh, no, this is only material, material, material. Did you feel you were typecast in that? I mean, did you mm. feel you couldn't escape it after mm. a while? Totally typecast. Not able to work. I always had a cabaret act because I was always a singer. Uh, first, apart from plays and stuff that I'd done in, you know, farce and TV shows, etc. But I always, I started my life as a singer and I'll probably end my life as a singer. So get, when you play a character like, you know, the um, the bagel or the yuppie, whatever he was sort of like known as, um, the anti-hero, you get typecast if you've got leopards long, you've got a sort of a bulky and you've got a ponytail and you've got leopard skin underwear there's not many places you can go where you don't get recognized and um so yeah i got keep your clothes cars. on dear i did keep my clothes on but people <laughs> wanted me to keep and taking them off oh, oh people actually asked me to keep my clothes on you know they say please keep them on well it depends on what advertisement <laughs> you're doing you know and if you're advertising for other things generally they want you to take it off do tell you I'll avert yeah. mine eyes. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah, so that was 20 years of my life. That's a long life. 
And you, you have know? psychic ability. You knew I was coming today, right? Yes. Well, you did tell me, <laughs> so that was quite psychic. But, yeah, I, I trained when I went to live in England. Uh, I went to uh, work at the College of Psychic Studies, which is in South Kensington. And I took courses on what they call psychic development, because I come from Russian parents and Spanish parents and English parents and French. You have a lot of parents. A lot of thrown in for good measure. Yeah, yeah my mother's parents were Russians. And my father's name was Spanish, although he was very British. And his mother was part French. So, I mean, there's, between us, we started three world wars. And we were born in England. So, you know how it is with foreign parents and all that kind mm, of thing. I know. And growing up. So I think you imbibe a lot of, a lot of their own kind of, uh, what is the word, clairvoyance, if there is such a thing, which there is, intuition, perceptions, feelings, those kind of people, the nomadics um, of Russia and, and Spain, they were always what we used to call in England fae, and I was one of them. So I could tell you things, and I'd get a hunch, and I'd, I'd be right. And I'm still right. And, and today, I mean, do you still, have you kind of tuned it out, or do you no, still... I haven't tuned it out, but I don't actively go out and say, I'm going to give you a reading, or I'm going to sit down and say, you know, it's so-and-so and so-and-so. Sometimes it just comes to me. Or if you meet somebody, and I don't... Th- Say your sister's getting married and you introduce me to the husband or the boyfriend and I might take you aside and say, Mandy... There's a divorce coming. There's a divorce coming. I did that with my own niece. But you know what? You could you could do that today without even intuition. It's like, what's it, 75% of marriages have a divorce coming? I, I don't know. I think, like, my sister got married and very happy and I knew she'd be happy. And when I met Blurton and my... My niece and yeah, I just took one look at the two of them and I thought, here no come cock any meal. Anyway, they live overseas in America, so they're never going to hear this. So that's absolutely perfectly fine. I just knew. And with some of my friends too. You know, they meet someone and you go to, go to meet them. And they're lovely, lovely people generally. And I, I get that funny feeling. You know? Oh, that funny feeling. Is, mm. it, is it like a tickle? Or what, what is it? I don't know. I just sometimes see inside and I uh, think, ooh. I've had that kind of feeling. And then I get the feelings of whether it's going to be great. So it's not all bad. Yeah, I actually wonder about sex sometimes, if it's going to be great or not. <clears throat> it would be nice to know in advance. Well, that would save a certain amount of time and a visit to the doctor afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> LAUGHTER You can't plan those things, though. I know, but just think how much you could have, like, avoid... I don't know, I think people are more... You know, I think the older you get, now that I'm in my 60s, I'm more wary about things. I mean, in my 30s, we were all hot to trot, and, you know, some of my friends said we swang, sw- swung, swung from the chandeliers. Well, I was, was too heavy to go anywhere near a I chandelier. I know, I was just about to say, my but, chandeliers you know, would come down on my head. I know, so um, I couldn't ever do that. But, I mean, a lot of people have had great sexual lives. Is, is it mandatory, do you think, Mandy? Um, or do you think it's just a fantasy we've got in our heads? No, I think we have a fantasy created by all the novels we read where, mm. you know, there's stars Perfect. and the star-spangled banners playing mm. in the background. Does heartburn come into any of this romp on the bed sexually? I think you know, it, I in the think middle of this, you wake up with heartburn. You don't know whether you're so excited you're having a heart <laughs> attack or you shouldn't have eaten that pickle. <laughs> Which pickle are we talking about? <laughs> well, she's you, bad mind, not me. I'm the clean living one, yeah, clean no, living I, audience. Life is so boring to be clean living. Especially, I mean, one has to live vicariously through one's 
motor mouth these days because when's well, we getting Well, I think if you don't else? lose your motor mouth and you get stopped by the police, you might not get home. <laughs> so motor mouth here is very important here. Of course, you shouldn't lie to the policemen, but the police... But um, do you find interesting now, let's talk about theatre and entertainment and restaurants. Do you find now that people are going out less because they're afraid to travel? Um, Because I do. I seem to find that in my business. Personally, I'm not, and I Uber a lot. And I I don't take taxis, I'm more Uber, or I get someone to drive me. And if I'm driving a very short distance, like within a couple of kilometres of my house, and I'll go. But I don't like driving long distances anymore at night if it involves alcohol or, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. So I, you have to be sensible because they are in America and they you, are in, in Australia. It's in, about in time Britain. we got sensible in this country, though. I mean, for years we've just ripped the arse out of it because we drive drunk. But our distances are great here. So if you want to drive somewhere, it can be a very expensive night out when you then have to also pay. But I suppose if you're using your car, but it's deceptively less expensive because it's your car and it's your insurance and it's there on tap and you can come and go as you please. But when you've now actually physically got to sit down and call um, a taxi or an Uber to come fetch you, um, and then you've got to work out like with good... I was a member of a company called Goodfellas and they come pick you up and take you home. they you know, somebody drives behind you and they drive your car. I always wanted to be and picked up and And that's always great, home. but, well, it can be arranged. But Thanks. the thing is, um, <laughs> but the thing is, that's important, is that you don't always know what time you want to go. So suddenly you're no, finding you're having yourself a really good time having a really good time. Now you must make a plan. And daddy's waiting outside to take you home. I know. Oh, he's such it a can good be fellow. a bit of a party pooper. It can be, but you know what? Sometimes you have to be. I am a bit of a party pooper. Party, a party pooper. Party pooper. Yes, I can't mm. speak English. Mm. This is my first interview of the year. Yeah, so I'm having some oh, trouble getting into it. Yes. Huh? And um, I don't actually drink. so Don't you? No. Well, that's useful. I only drink when I'm out the country and I have no responsibilities. But really? Very, yeah. So like I, somebody, I'm one of the few people that can sleep on a plane. How can you sleep on a plane? And I'll tell you why. Because I can't be in control of it. So there's nothing I can do. So because somebody else is driving this plane, hopefully. Oh, yes. And it's not going in the direction of down, hopefully. I, I can do that. I love how they always give you these safety instructions when you get onto an airplane. Mm. I mean, nobody survives a plane crash. And they stick your head between your ass and whistle, Listen, kiss, the, good, good, kiss the ground, goodbye. Wish you well as we wave you goodbye. What a dreadful way to die, though. I, I mean, know. if you think about it, because you know. You know, you know and you've got that time to think about it. Unless you're lucky enough to be passed out because the plane has lost its, um, what do you call it? Uh, the, the, the Pressurization. Op- Pressurization, that's it. Yes, no pressure. No pressure. No pressure for that. Yeah, no, it is a bit of a frightening mm. show. My, my nephew's a pilot. Is he? And he often invites me up on these little planes he flies, and I'm like, no thanks, no thanks, no thanks. I don't mind flying. I like flying. No, I, I, I don't know how I feel about flying. I'm going to England in two weeks' time. Oh, that's nice. Where are you going? My aunt's turning 90. Okay. So very kindly they've sent us tickets, my mom and I, and uh, we're trundling off, but I'm really not looking forward to the, the flights. I, took, I brought my aunt out here when she was 90, and I went to do a cabaret, and I took her to see it. And the next night, I had someone look after her at home here, because I had to go into the same cabaret, and it was quite a way away. So I said, I'm going to be late, I'm going to do the show you saw last night. That's very nice, dear, she said. So I came home at about 2 o'clock in the morning, because it was New Year's Eve. And I came into the house, and I heard coming down the corridor, clip, clop, clip, and I, oh, I thought, uh-oh, trouble's coming. <laughs> clip, clop, clip, clop, and she came to me. You're late! <laughs> I said, but I told you I, I went to do the cabaret. Did you? I said, yes, you saw the cabaret last night. Did I? <laughs> I 
So I said, yes, you actually did. Something to look forward to. So I said, I've got an idea. Well, you're still late, she said. (laughs) So I said, I'm terribly sorry, auntie. I've got an idea. What is the time? I said, it's now three o'clock in the morning. Well, it's very late. I said, I know. Would a gin and tonic help? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So all was resolved. Not a cup of tea? No, gin and tonic. Oh, gin and tonic. I like my gin and tonic with cucumber. Do you? Mm. Actually, that's a very nice way to have a gin and tonic. Not the entire cucumber, of course, just a sliver that you cut off and you shove into the glass with some gin and tonic and a bit of... Uh... Do you ever have pink gin? Do you know gin and bitters? You know, oh, they I love... Angostura. Mm. So they call it pink gin. It's very nice. It's very nice. Mm. Maybe I should start drinking more often. I think it'd be good for you. You wouldn't mind flying so much. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have a gin on the plane, okay? Yeah, it's always we'll a good relaxer. With. I'm sure they'll give you some there, because they make cocktails and things like that. I'm not plane. flying first class. Hmm? I'm matter. flying kettle. Um, well, as long as you, you take the, 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 the bell off the kettle that's sitting next to you, <laughs> and dong, dong, and Don't dong. talk about my mum, anyway. Mm. You're going with your mum? <laughs> yes. Hmm? Oh, gosh, you shouldn't have said that. Huh? No, so where are you going like, to in England? We're going to Hove. Oh, I know Hove. It's near, that's near... It's in East Sussex, next Bourne. to Brighton. Brighton, Brighton, yeah. yes. Because Poole, of course, is next to Bournemouth, and Hove is next to Brighton. You know, I have to bring this to a close. Oh, dear. And this has been such fun. Well, I know. You see, I can well, talk. I'll have to come to part two. You'll have to come to part two. <laughs> well, you know what I will do? Mm. After you've moved, mm. we'll come and check out your new home. That'll be great. And Because um, we'll I'm do, making we'll a do... piano bar. Oh, are you? In my dining room. I've always wanted one. So I'm going to have my own piano bar. We'll have little sing songs. Your neighbours are going to love you. They're far away. Are they far away? Well, they might like it because I got some requests from over the road when I was singing along with Frank Sinatra and and Lady Gaga the other night, so they didn't seem to mind. (laughs) Sing that again, love! (laughs) (laughs) Michael, thank you so much. Pleasure, pleasure. And uh, everything of the best in your new home Mm -hmm. and uh, have a healthier, happier, fitter Fabulous year. And may, may all your listeners have a wonderful new year because, boy, 2016, I think we're all going to have to be ready for it.